Well, you know, Christmas is uh, personally uh, my favorite holiday. Uh, let's take a quick poll. How many how many Thanksgiving people in the building? Thanksgiving favorite holiday? Ooh, wow. 8:30 had a lot more. Uh, um, and and how many Christmas people in the building? Your favorite holiday? Come on now. Come on, come on, come on. And so um, I had a I had an interesting start with my wife a few years ago uh, when I celebrated our first Christmas together as we were dating at the time. And, um, you know, so I, I was invited over for dinner and you, you think it's just a dinner. I have no context for, for what's about to happen or what's going to go on. However, I entered into the joy of her family and uh, so I was invited around 8 o'clock. I probably showed up around 9.30 or so. Um, should have been there earlier, but hey. Um, and so uh, as we were there, you know, the food was, was coming out, being served. And I noticed that there was a little music when I first arrived. And about an hour later, that music got louder. And then, and then half an hour later, it got louder. Then around 11.30, it got louder, and I see all these kids running around. I'm like, why aren't these kids in the bed? Like, what is going on? And then all the presents start coming, and then I'm like, this is awesome, I guess, but what is what is really going on? She said, well, we're going to go past midnight. You know, this this is how we do it. We, we go past midnight, and then midnight strikes, and here comes Santa. Here comes Santa's coming through the door, and all the kids are like, yay, Santa, Santa, Santa. And so my oldest one, he's like, Santa, yay. He sees the shoes, and he's like, why does Santa have the same shoes as T.O. Ozzy? <laughs> and we're like, Santa, get out of here. Run, run, Santa. Get out, get out. And so it was just a culture shock for me, man. I'm like, wow, this is pretty wild because growing up, I, I would be in bed right now, you know, like listening for Santa's footsteps on the roof and listening for the jingle bells and the, and the reindeer. And oh, oh, oh. I remember the one of the, oh, Lord, my kid's in there. All right, I, I, <laughs> never mind. I won't tell this story. He might hear it. All right, let's keep it moving. But our, me, my context growing up was, um, you know, so we, we would we would have, you know, dinner was already fixed for the next day and and we would have five or six presents under the tree, uh, you know, small, medium sized boxes. And we could open one gift the night before. And, and so um, but our parents always chose the gift and it was always something lame, like a book or some underwear, or some sock or something. Well, I could have been in bed. You know, we could have sped this thing up by now. But as a child, you really don't sleep, you know, like you, but you, you may get an hour and a half, two hours because you're just so excited that in the morning Santa would have came and dropped off your gifts. So every year without fail, I would say one year, I remember I woke up like 345. And I'm sure that my parents just finished and they just got in bed. And I went to my mom's room. I'm like, Mom, it's Christmas. It's like, boy, if you don't go to bed, it ain't going to be Christmas. <laughs> so I, I played with my toys for the next hour and a half and I, 5 o'clock. So anyway, I would get up at 5 a.m. And, and I would traditionally, I would, instead of going to, to their room, I would go down the hallway. And, you know, the lights are shining. And, and you turn that corner. And if you know, you know. The whole entire living room, just gifts, especially if you had a big family, gifts. Like, just imagine going from four gifts to having no space to step because there are so many gifts. And it set a precedent in my life to, to, to believe and to understand, man, Christmas is a magical occasion. 
it, it is magical. It is, it is astonishing. It, it, is, it is amazing. So today I want to talk about the magic of Christmas, the magic of Christmas. And, and maybe your context is neither, neither of those. Maybe Christmases for you have just been another day or um, an occasion to argue or to be divided or uh, maybe it's been the other way for you. My, my hope is that in this season that you would, you would be encouraged as, as we really talk about why Christmas is so beautiful and, and so magical, the real meaning of Christmas. So the word magical, if you're taking notes, means uh, delightful or astonishing or supernatural. And, um, Man, I'm talking about like the lights, and I remember in our neighborhood growing up, and, and this is this is what kind of pains my heart um, as a millennial. They they typically call us like the bridge generation between the old school and the new school, and so I'm 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 old enough to know what Christmas should really look like, but I'm young enough to see the direction our nation is headed in. And uh, Christmas Eve, uh, before we we went to bed, we would drive around our neighborhood. And I'm telling you, every house was decorated. Every house had lights. It, it was an amazing thing. We, we would drive around at least three hours around just our neighborhood and the neighboring neighborhoods. And it's just amazing. Oh, wow, look at it. Whoa, whoa, they really went all out. Wow. Oh, they were kind of lazy. Wow, they, they went out. It's like, man, that's great. That's amazing. You know, it was the last thing that we would do after dinner. And then we have to, I remember, we would go home and we would go to sleep. But it's just beautiful. Now you ride around and. No one's decorating. It's, 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 it's hit or miss. And so, um, but, but it, it, Christmas has been the top holiday globally for centuries. And um, there's a reason for that. I think if Jesus was not real or if Jesus did not do what the Bible claims he did, I think Christmas would have fizzled out by now. Because nothing a man does um, lasts this long and is this potent in society. And, and so Christmas, the word is a compound word. It means more Christ. Someone say more Christ. more Christ. And that's really what makes Christmas magical. It's not as much the gifts or, 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 or you know, the food. I mean, the food is awesome. But how about the music? The, the, the music. How many people, uh, you, love, you love a little Nat King Cole for Christmas? A little Nat. Um, um, how, how, about a, how about a little... Uh, uh, that, that new John Legend album. Have you heard it yet? It, it, it rides. It rocks. Um, um, and, and this is a secret one. A lot of y'all don't really know about this. Y'all don't know about this. The, the Michael Bublé Christmas album. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I, I got you mistaken. All right. I got you. I got you. Santa baby. Slip a Rolex under the tree for me. Hey. Just on repeat all the way home. I've been an awfully good man. Judah's like, why is he calling Santa a baby? I'm like, just, just, it's, it's music. It's music. It's music, son. It, it, it's, it, it, it's just amazing. And so uh, it's, it's a majestic time. And I think here it is, a, a, as a people, as Christians, as a nation, I think we got to fight for the, the, the majestic traditions and the nature of, of Christmas. Never in the world has a nation celebrated Christmas so well. And I just think we got to we got to protect that. So I want to give you uh, three beautiful truths of Christmas. Then I want to give you two ways to tap into the magic of Christmas. I want to give you three truths. Number one, uh, the first truth is this. Why is Christmas so magical? It's because the Lord came to the earth. The, the creator of the universe came to the earth. Um, it, it kind of explains why this season is 
why the world has to pause if but for a moment and recognize it. It, 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 the Lord coming to the earth explains why uh, businesses most are closed. Uh, it explains why we get a few extra days off. That's another thing that kind of breaks my heart is the school system has renamed this thing uh, winter break. It, it ain't winter break. We're not taking a break because it's cold. <laughs> right? It's Christmas break. Right? And I get like, come on now, it's, it's Christmas break. It's Christmas break. And I, re- I respect people's faiths and all that stuff, but let's not get it twisted. The reason you're getting a few extra days off, the reason you're getting time with family, the reason you're getting time with friends is because Jesus Christ was born. Right? And so the world has to pause and recognize and say, wow. Like, you're almost forced to recognize the one day that the Lord came into the world whether you believe in him or not. It's it's a beautiful thing. It says this here in Matthew chapter one, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This is the most powerful truth about Christmas is no matter how I feel, no matter my circumstance or if I'm on a mountaintop or a valley low, if, if I'm in between, if I'm in transition, no matter where I am in life, uh, the birth of Christ represents the truth that the spirit of God is always with you. He's with me right here on this stage. He's out there in the crowd. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So this is why you can't come to church and just say, okay, we're going to go through the first song and the second song and the third song and the preacher's going to preach a message. No, like the the Lord is, is dwelling, right? And he's living amongst the praises of his people. And so I just just want to encourage you, if if there's a sense of loneliness or a sense of hopelessness or a sense of dread during the season, just lean into this truth that the Lord is with you. The second uh, powerful truth or beautiful truth about Christmas is is that the Lord understands your struggles. The Lord understands your struggles. Uh, The author of Hebrews, which is a New Testament book, uh, uh, says this here. Uh, It says, uh, Hebrews 4, Jesus understands Every, someone say every, every every weakness of ours, because he was tempted in every way uh, we are. Now, this word every in in the Greek, because the New Testament was written uh, in the Greek, is a very, the word word every is is such a unique word. It has such a unique meaning, and I really need you to lean into this. Um, Every every in the Greek means every. It's real deep. It's very profound. Jesus understands. Someone say every, every, every weakness of ours because he was tempted in every way we are. But someone say, but, but, but he did not sin. The word sin means to miss the mark of the word of God. Right. right? Whenever we're tempted to quit or, or to give up or to or to cheat or to lie or to do something wrong, there is a word of God. There is an instruction from the Lord in the Bible to show us the way. And the thing about the human condition is since Adam and Eve, all of us have slipped. Right. We've all missed the mark. Right. What makes Jesus different from us in any other lowercase g God that is out there is that Jesus Christ left heaven put on flesh, was tempted in the same way we are, and he never slipped. And so it says this here, um, so whenever we are in need, we should come bravely before the throne of our merciful God. 
and there we will be treated with undeserved kindness and we will find help. Jesus understands. Someone say he understands. He understands. understands. And not only does he understand, but he cares. He he cares. He he cares. So he he left his throne. He became human. And and this is crazy. He was he was born into a mixed family. Right. So so he had a biological mother, but he had a stepfather. Right. He understands illness and a bad diagnosis. He, he, He understands broken families. He understands financial strain. He understands rejection. It, it, it's the thing that separates him from, from all of the gods of his day that were worshipped during his time is that he put on flesh and, and he was tested like humans. Um, the, the other gods of old, they, they, they couldn't relate to the human experience. So they would often demand certain things of humans in order so that that they would they would release a blessing into 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 the lives of human beings so people often had to appease the gods they had to appease them but these were not gods who could relate i would never worship or trust a god that doesn't understand me right i would never follow or give my life to a god that doesn't understand my plight and what i go through it's the thing that really makes jesus unique is that when he put on flesh he felt everything you feel he had headaches. He had stomach aches. He, he was rejected. He was spat on. He was beaten. He, he was cheated. He was lied to. Yet he still held his integrity. He still honored God. He still stayed in there because he understood that his assignment was to go to the cross for you and I and die on the cross as a sinless sacrifice for our sins so that you and I would be set free. And upon placing our faith in him, we could come into a relationship with our heavenly father. And so, and, and so he, he, he understands. I mean, even when they, uh, they, they arrested Christ um, and, and they took him and they stripped him of his clothes down to his underwear and um, they, 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 bound his hands and, and, and they put him on his knees and, and they tied his hands to a rock. Um, they, they, they took this instrument, the, the Roman guard took this instrument called the cat of nine tails. And it was these leather straps. At the end of these straps, there were stone and spikes attached to them. And they would use that instrument. And the thing about Roman law is that um, they had unlimited times where they could beat a prisoner who was sentenced to this kind of sentence. In Jewish law, you could only beat a, a prisoner 39 times, right? But um, their law was whenever the guard gets tired and they could actually switch and take turns on the prisoner. So whenever they bound his body, um, he carried our, our shame because you, you do know that when Adam and Eve sinned, right, it produced sin in our lives. So when they sinned, they felt naked. Right. And then they tried to cover themselves. So with him taking on our sin, they took off his clothes and they put him in a place of shame. And then they took that cat of nine tails. And what they would do is they would go for the ribs. And then they would go for the chest. And then they would go for the head and the scalp. And so when they got done with Christ, he just has skin hanging and he's bloody. And, and, and then they, they, they nail him to a cross. And on that cross, he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. So, so, so I want to say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry that some of you in here, you've gotten a bad diagnosis. But, but please don't adopt the mentality that God doesn't understand. He, he understands cancer, 
He understands uh, heart disease. He understands diabetes. He understands a broken heart. He understands a broken home. He understands a father not being there for when he was on the cross. He said, Father, Lord, why have you forsaken me? God had to turn his back on his son for but a moment so that he could finally feel that complete human experience on the cross. And even within that, he did not sin because you were on his mind. You were on his heart. Your salvation, your eternity, your deliverance. And, and that's what I love about that last song that we just sung. One day, every tear will be wiped away. But had he slipped, oh, there would be no redemption. But man, I, I thank God we serve a God who understands. Someone say he understands. He understands. He understands. So, and here's the good part. In any moment, you can run to the Lord for help. You can run to him on a Tuesday. You can run to him in your car. You can run to him in your kitchen. You can, you can get down on your knees at the foot of your bed and cry out to the Lord. I loved it. Last night, um, a great, great night, a, a phenomenal night. Last night was amazing. Uh, we, we had a, there was a, a group of young ladies, a group of four young ladies, uh, one young lady was struggling and just feeling a sense of hopeless, wanting to give up um, as she came to church. I, I think it was her last attempt. Uh, one of her friends was just saying it was it's pretty much her last attempt at life is what she whispered in my ear. And so she was crying and she was shaking. And her three friends brought her to Pastor Kyra and I, and they were all in her seat. I, I, haven't, seen, I haven't seen anything like this in our church ever. They were all pleading for their friend's life. And so Pastor Kyra prayed some strong prayer over her, anointed prayer. I touched and agreed by the end of that prayer that, that she came out full of tears, full of joy. You could sense deliverance. You could sense Satan kind of backing off of her life and, and her, come on out. And, and he understands. He understands. I love it. I love it. number three. The Lord came to clean up our lives. That's what makes Christmas so magical. He came to clean it up. Um, I, I, I secretly, I love my wife. That's not a secret. Um, <clears throat> I secretly envy her for how organized she is. And, and if, you, if you were to walk in our room, you will consistently see on my side of the bed water bottles and socks and cologne and watches out of the watch case, which is right next to it, right, which should be on the phone, which is right next to the watch and uh, Tic Tacs and Tylenol and, and all. You just see just it's a mess. You go over on her side, there's this pristine. Anyway, whatever. It's just nice. And I just envy how how clean and I've learned to not envy it, but to learn from it. And so uh, when we started dating, um, she, she asked me for the keys to my house in which I was very reluctant to give her the keys. Um, but I remember this particular day, uh, I was, I was rushing out, just very disorganized things all over my room, bathroom needs cleaning. And, and my house was in, in shambles. And so I gave her the key and uh, I went to work and I'm like, what, you know, I'm at work thinking, what the heck is she doing in my house? I was going on. <laughs> So I get home uh, uh, that, that day, and, and I come in, and I'm like, something's different. I check my drawer. Clothes are folded. Bed's all made up. I look into the bathroom. It's all cleaned up. And it was that day where I knew. 
that I'm, I'm not playing no more young man games. She, she, she came in and she cleaned up, and, and, but, but the, the idea here is, is that I gave her the key, right? Had I not given her the key, she couldn't have come in and cleaned up. And, and what makes Christmas so magical is that for the past 2,000 years, Jesus Christ, though not here physically, he's still cleaning up lives. Come on now. If you know he's cleaned your life, he, he's still... He, he's still cleaning up lives, but, but, but the idea is that you must give him the key to your heart, to your mind, to your thoughts, to your life. He, he can't hear this. He can't just stay in the savior category in order for him to really clean it up and really set you free and really bless you and move you forward. In order for you to step into the magic of Christmas, he has to become Lord, right? A savior saves. A Lord guides. A Lord commands. A Lord instructs. And so I would fail you as a pastor if I just simply made you feel good today. And, and let's be cheery. Let, let's, let's have it be another transactional season of Christmas where, you know, we're just happy for a day and we open gifts, but we go back to our whatever lives. I think the best thing I can offer you today is to invite you to allow Christ to become your Lord. Right. It's one thing to to Lord, thank you for dying for my sins. It's another thing to say, God, my life is yours. And if it's, it's at that point where you begin to relinquish everything in your life to him, where he begins to clean it up, even for Christians who've been walking with him 5, 10, 15 years, there's still some things that we know where if we would be honest that we're, we're holding on to and we're saying, Jesus, you can have 90 percent, but this 10 percent, uh, uh, th that's mine. Right. You can have 95, but this 5 percent, that's mine. But the mistake is, is we're not understanding that that 5 percent influences all of the 95. That 1 percent influences all that relationship that you're not supposed to be in. Those things that you keep. Come on now. You, 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 he has to be Lord. He has to be Lord. And you can't be too young or too old to step into this opportunity. Ezekiel 36 says this. In addition, I'll deliver you from everything. Someone say everything. everything. A lot of extremes today. That makes you unclean. I'll call out the grain you plant, ordering it to produce abundant yields. What is God saying? He says in that exact area where there is dysfunction, if you would give it to me, I'll start to bring forth abundance in that area. And, and that's the magic of Christmas. Oh, man, I, before I met Christ, I was uh, not, no, no, rewind, rewind, rewind. No, no, I mean, fast forward a little bit. I met Christ, and even as a believer, as a follower, I was extremely stingy, extremely selfish, right? And, and so in growing in the Lord, if you're really growing in God, there are these, there's a rhythm there's a season of comfort, and wow, I'm, I'm growing in my faith. This is good. This, this feels great. I, I love being married to Jesus. And then there's a season of him just convicting you of stuff. It's like, I don't like this part, Lord. <laughs> and so when I was dating my wife, it, it, it was this idea of, um, it was this idea of, of uh, okay, well, when are, when are you going to obey me and propose? Right? When are, when are you going to step up and, and take that next step? 
Or I could have fought against all of that and, and pushed back on the plan of God for my life. But, and if I, if I push back, I'm going to be missing out on the magic, right? On the, the beauty of following the Lord, right? And a lot of us, we're pushing back right now. And God is saying, I want to deal with that. I want you to ask for forgiveness. I want you to confess that sin, not just to me, but to another human being. Because James, the brother of Christ, said that you can confess to God and he will forgive. But healing is a contact sport. So the Holy Spirit is telling a lot of you in this season that you need to confess it to a trusted, faithful follower. That's where your healing is going to be. We're pushing back on that because we feel ashamed or there's a sense of pride. But God is trying to be your Lord and give you an instruction so that you can step into the abundance that that come on out that it's the magic of Christmas. It, 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 it is truly the magic of, of Christmas. Three ways to tap into the magic. Number one, I want to encourage you to forgive. Forgive. How do I tap into this magic? Forgive. It says this here, Joseph, to whom he was, uh, 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 to whom she was engaged, talking about Mary, Matthew chapter one, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. All right. All right. Why is Joseph, you know, he's about to get married, but why is he about to break the engagement? It's because he's hurt. And many of us who know this story, we've probably never picked up on this idea that Joseph is hurt. I mean, think about it. They're engaged, and you have this young lady, uh, teenager. Mary, we think, was around, you know, 13, somewhere between 13 and 16 years old, potentially. And she comes to to this man, and she says, "Uh, I'm pregnant. And he's, he's thinking, well, we... I won't even know each other like that. You know? And he's like, how? She's like, he's like, what's that? He's, Yahweh. He's like, crazy. But this is the idea. He's hurt. And this Christmas, you will miss the magic if you don't forgive. A lot of y'all are harboring so much. And, and it, it's killing you. Yeah. It's killing you. You're here. You look great. And some, for some of you, you're sitting next to the person you need to forgive. Wow. And, but you're just going through the motion. Yeah. And guess what? the person you need to forgive, they're enjoying the service. So who's really the healthy one? All right? So, so there, there are two parties that Joseph needs to forgive during the original Christmas. Number one is himself. And, and here, we'll keep reading. I'll tell you why. It says this here. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So why does he now have to forgive himself? Because he now knows because of this dream, it is in fact God. So I was an idiot. Hey, look, you did it. You said it. You hurt them. I did it. I said it. I've hurt people. And I've had to look in the mirror many a days and say, I forgive you. If you're going to tap in, what are some areas in your life where you need to forgive yourself? It's poor decisions, mistakes. Um, and I'll tell you this, until you actually forgive yourself, you won't treat people better. You'll just continue to buck up in pride and keep being nasty and keep assaulting people's character and, and emotion. You won't look in the mirror and say you're forgiven so you can set yourself free to be kind. Mm. And it's safer to reside in that dysfunction. And then number two, he has to forgive Mary. Here it is, even though she's done nothing wrong. Some of you need to forgive people who've done nothing wrong by you. They're just on fire for the Lord. And you hurt because they're a different person now. They've done nothing wrong. Or even those who have wronged you, those who you expect to give you a gift, to call you, the, the, that dad, that mom, that, that sibling. That, who, there's someone that you're expecting something from this season. Can I just give you pro tip real quick? They're not going to come through. And what are you going to do? Are you going to just tuck it? Or are you going to let it go? Because if you don't let it go, it's to the detriment of your future. So Joseph had to forgive himself. Man, I was an idiot. God, I'm, sweetie, I'm sorry. And then he had to say, I forgive you for trusting the Lord because of how it made me feel. You know, so, so there it is. Who do you need to forgive? And then the, the, the second and final reason, rejoice. Someone say rejoice. rejoice. How, how do we tap in? We rejoice. Let, let's close it out with the Christmas story. Everybody okay? Yeah. All right, here it is. It says this here. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. There was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone uh, what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was 
was just as the angels had told them. Let me encourage you, if you're going to tap into the magic this Christmas, I want to encourage you to rejoice over the good in your life, to, to rejoice over all the good in your life. I mean, I mean, sometimes, Brandon, you have to get as practical as making a list and, 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 and stopping and, and not focusing on the things you don't have or the people you don't have, but make that list of blessings, that the, the home you do have and the family you do have and, and the kids you do have and, and all, 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 the, all, the, all the good things. Uh, rejoice with family. Rejoice with family. No arguments this, this year. No, no, no Trump Biden stuff. No, none of that. Uh, uh. They take up too much of our normal days. Uh, come on. Be a, be a person of peace. Jesus was a person of peace. Rejoice. Re re rejoice over the food. Re rejoice because God is good. Most importantly, re rejoice because Christ, Christ was born. That's the magic of Christmas. The magic of, of Christmas. The magic of Christmas. So many lost people out there. So many hurt. So many believers hurting. Unmet expectations, prayers that haven't been answered. I'll tell you one. You know you've tapped into the magic. When all you want is Jesus. You don't need things. You don't need stuff you just simply get up every morning knowing that the Lord loves you and he's still working in your life and the Bible says rejoice in that Rejo would it be okay if God took everything away from you would you still rejoice? As Job said, the Lord gives, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I, just, I feel like the church is still seeking for the answer. You don't have to anymore. It's in Christ. You, you already have everything you need in the Lord. You have all the approval, all the love, all the power all the grace that you need right. to live the life that God has called you to live. I encourage you this Christmas, rejoice, maintain peace, smile, laugh, put on the music, tell stories, read your Bible, pray, just rejoice because our Savior was born. Let's put our hands together. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Let's pray. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that you came to this earth. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. We thank you for freedom and forgiveness. We thank you for salvation. We thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church.